Welcome to IMTV Radio, bringing you the latest analysis from Socialist Appeal, the British section of the international Marxist tendency. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud or iTunes, or visit www.socialist.net. Hello and welcome to this special podcast episode of IMTV. We're recording at the moment in Italy at the 2018 IMT World Congress. And uh, while I was here, I thought I'd pull aside one of our international comrades, Arturo Rodriguez from Barcelona. He's a member of our Spanish section, the Lucha de Classes, and he's also the editor in Barcelona of the Catalan Marxist paper, Revolucio. And uh, Arturo is joining us today to discuss the, uh, the recent events in Catalonia, in Spain, where it's been obviously a very turbulent uh, year, particularly obviously in Catalonia, with the eruption of the movement for independence. We had uh, a result on the, the 1st of October last year that shocked a lot of people and how there were kind of massive vote, the massive turnout for uh, the Catalan independence uh, side, uh, which from an outsider observer's perspective, it kind of seemed to come out of nowhere almost. Um, so Arturo, can you actually explain, you know, how is it that this movement has erupted onto the scene so suddenly. Uh, what, what's the background to the Catalan independence movement? Well, I think, uh, first of, first of all, uh, the national question has always been around in Spain for, for over 100 years, actually. Uh, and uh, it originates from the fact that, um, that um, the Spanish state was not unified on a, on a progressive democratic basis, uh, on the basis of a bourgeois revolution of uh, economic development, but instead it was unified through through force and through coercion. Um, but uh, more recently, what we've seen is uh, a multi-layered uh, crisis, I would say. First of all, you have the um, and uh, everything sort of originates uh, in the in the 2008 economic uh, crisis, which has sent uh, shockwaves uh, and uh, and have uh, consequences also in the, in the political field. What we've seen, first of all, is um, an economic crisis, of course, which in Spain has been extremely deep. Uh, got to the point of a 27% unemployment uh, rate. And naturally, you have lots of people looking for alternatives, looking for, um, for, um, for change. And in Catalonia, where, of course, as I said, the national question is, is very old, um, and there are national grievances that, uh, that, that go uh, a long way back, uh, and the the question of the, the memory of, of Franco's repression against Catalan culture and language is still very much alive. Naturally, many people saw uh, in independence a solution to the to the problems caused by the by the crisis. But uh, this also had a political aspect. Uh, first of all, the the Spanish state in 2006 and then again in 2010 uh, cancelled attempts to reform the the constitution to give more autonomy to Catalonia. Among other things, what was being proposed was uh, that, um, that Catalonia be recognized as a, as a nation. Uh, but uh, the Spanish judiciary, which is extremely reactionary, uh, canceled this, uh, axed the, most, the, more, um, the more progressive and, and advanced aspects of this constitutional reform. And this generated a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, anger and, uh, and, uh, and grievances which naturally contributed to, to, this, uh, to, the, to the movement for, for independence. And finally, on top of that, what we have is the, is the crisis of the, of the bourgeois nationalist uh, parties, especially um, Convergencia, which is the historical right-wing nationalist uh, party, which was in power in Catalonia when the crisis uh, struck. Well, it took power soon after the crisis struck, rather. 
uh, and it carried out vicious austerity, lost a lot of uh, support. And to make up for that, they started to whip up uh, nationalist uh, sentiments. Uh, this party had never supported independence or self-determination, actually. But now, for the first time, they began to do so to, to make up for, for the loss of support with some success. Um, and I think it's a combination of all of these things, the economic crisis, the, the, the deep-rooted national uh, grievances, the question of the constitutional reform in the late 2000s, plus the, the crisis of the, of the bourgeois nationalists, which drove towards, uh, towards this mass movement for independence. So eventually the referendum was called uh, by Puigdemont, the president of the Catalan uh, parliament, for 1st of October. Um, and the events leading up to that seemed to be quite dramatic. Uh, and the events on the day even more so. And in, in the subsequent days, um, you know, a general strike in, in, in the area. Um, can you describe what the mood and the atmosphere was like uh, at the time of the referendum and in the periods before and after it? Well... Indeed, actually, the, the, there was a, a dramatic acceleration of the of the political pro, of this process uh, in the in September 2017. Actually, what what I, in my opinion, the the leaders of the Catalan government, especially Puigdemont, the representative of the of the centre right nationalists, uh, he didn't really they didn't really have uh, the intention of co- actually calling the a unilateral referendum, but it was uh, an they were probably expecting some, some act of repression by the Spanish state which would allow them to, to cancel it and, and save uh, a safe face. Um, but what happened actually is that, especially after the 20th of September, what you have is the, 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 the eruption of the, of the masses in the political arena, the active intervention in political events. On the 20th of September, the Spanish police raided several Catalan government buildings and arrested some, some um, <coughs> high-level officials. And this led to a spontaneous outburst of anger on the streets. People took to the streets, uh, not only to demonstrate, but actually to protect uh, the, the buildings that were being uh, raided. <clears throat> and they, sur- they actually surrounded the Spanish police uh, in, the, in the Catalan Ministry of, of the Economy for, for some 24 hours. Uh, and this is really what, what, uh, what changed the, the situation. Committees for the Defense of the Republic were created across Catalonia, they were already set up a few months before, but they really snowballed after, after this. They acquired a mass uh, character. People got organized to protect polling uh, stations. Um, and really the, the situation, the, the, the Catalan government and Puigdemont could no, could no longer control the, the situation, actually. And it was people like the masses who organizing themselves in, in every neighborhood who actually guaranteed that the referendum was, was held. Um, and uh, <clears throat> through a lot of uh, ingenuity and, and, and intelligence, actually getting the, the the ballot boxes to the to the stations and everything, the printing the the ballots as well, um, everything was done from below. If you, if you like, the Catalan government actually after the 20th of September plays more or less a, a, a symbolic role. They were standing on they were they were they were they were standing on in, in thin air basically. Um, <clears throat> And on the day itself, of course, as you know, the Spanish state had deployed uh, a massive police force of 14,000 Spanish officers who they brought from across the country. Most of of the Spanish anti-riot police was deployed in in Catalonia, actually, on that day. 
uh, and they, they did what they could to stop the, the voting from, from taking place through vicious repression, beating up people, uh, breaking into polling stations to carry out the ballot boxes and the, and the, and the ballots themselves. Um, and, uh, I, and again, it was the, the, part, the, the intervention of the masses which uh, saved the, the, the day. The, in many places, the police had to, uh, had to withdraw because they were just like the, the crowds were so massive and people were so so committed and so uh, so militant that they could do nothing to uh, to, to stop the voting from from taking place uh, and uh, and the referendum was actually successfully organized across Catalonia to the point that the, 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 those fourteen thousand offices were not enough to to stop the voting. Actually, what they wanted to do was to intimidate, to, to intervene in the morning, intimidate voters and intimidate the Catalan government. To, to, to turn the referendum into, into a failure, but people were not intimidated. The, the Catalan bourgeois nationalists uh, were intimidated, though they planned to cancel the referendum at, uh, at noon on that day. But again, the, 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 just the, the, the turnout was so massive that they, they couldn't uh, do it. They sounded the possibility, they spoke with, local, with their local politicians and whatever, and they realized it was impossible. People were determined uh, to vote. And despite the vicious uh, repression, over two million people voted overwhelmingly for for independence. A large part of the population did not uh, did not vote. Mostly those who were against uh, independence. But it was still a, an extraordinary uh, event, and, uh, and uh, it shows the the, the, the potential of, of the masses when they get organized, when they when they set themselves an objective to um, yeah, to to empower themselves and to seize the their future into their own hands. And so, this this so is also what, what happened in the following uh, days with the general strike of the 3rd of October, a mass political general strike against uh, repression and in subsequent events with, with, with a series of mass demonstrations and the mushrooming of the Committees for the Defense of the Republic, which became increasingly strong in the, in the following weeks. So in the following weeks, you obviously you had this massive vote in favor of independence, which obviously put pressure on Puigdemont to actually come out and trying to have to declare independence, which he'd promised he would. But it seemed like he was trying to basically declare independence and yet not declare it at the same time, try and find some sort of fudge. Uh, and now fast forward to today, and he and the other leaders of the independence movement are, are either in exile or in jail uh, as political prisoners. Um, how have we got from that 1st of October vote to where we are now with seemingly kind of temporary defeat for the independence movement? Well, as, as you said, Puigdemont tried to, uh, tried to find some, some, uh, some uh, mid, midway solution, but, uh, not to capitulate need, uh, and not to, to declare independence. Um, on the 10th of October, he, he declared uh, independence in Parliament, but then he said he was suspending it temporarily to try to negotiate with the Spanish state which was really a, it was a ridiculous uh, step on his part. But in the end, there were two, um, two factors that, that shaped subsequent events. On the one hand, the repression by the Spanish state. Uh, the Spanish state, I think, on the 15th of October, arrested two very prominent civil society leaders, Jordi Sánchez and Jordi Cuixart, to send a message also to the Catalan government, of course. Um, <clears throat> And they threatened with suspending Catalan autonomy as well. Um, so that shaped uh, Puigdemont's attitude. He saw there was absolutely no possibility to negotiate with the, with the state. For the Spanish state, of course, and for the Spanish ruling class, the question of self-determination is a, is a no-go. Uh, they're, they're not ready to debate that. 
And on the other hand, we saw the, the, the continuation and the development of the, of the mass uh, movement uh, with, with the committees for the defense of the republic, the general strike on the 3rd. This all pushed, uh, pushed them on to the, towards a declaration of independence on the 27th of October, which was immediately followed by, uh, by the, suspension, the suspension of Catalan autonomy by the, by the Spanish state and the, and the announcement of direct rule uh, from Madrid. Uh, and after that, uh, a series of Catalan ministers, including Puigdemont, fled into exile because they saw that they would be immediately arrested, uh, while the others just passively awaited their, their arrest. They, they didn't... A revolutionary leader, of course, would, would have called for the masses to defend Catalan institutions, to defend the, the, the republic, but they didn't do so. They were, they, were, they were more afraid of the masses and of their active intervention and their participation in, in events and their empowerment rather than of the, the Spanish state. And what happened is that those, those ministers who remained in Catalonia were arrested and the rest were, were fled to Belgium, later to some, someone to Britain and to Switzerland and, and Germany. The Spanish state attempted to extradite them on, uh, on sham uh, uh, accusations of, of rebellion and, and sedition, which implies basically an armed uprising and, 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 and terrorist violence, basically which of course never happened in Catalonia at any point. The only violence we saw came from the Spanish police. Uh, and naturally, the Germany, Britain, Belgium, Switzerland, they refused to, to, uh, to send them back. So that's the situation we have, we have now. We have these leaders in exile, and then we have those others who are in Spanish uh, jails. Accu most of them are accused of sedition and, and rebellion, which is an absolute uh, scandal, uh, and, and it's a violation of, uh, of bourgeois legality itself, actually. So, yeah, you've talked a lot about the kind of repressive measures used by the Spanish state and uh, this kind of 1978 regime, basically, uh, obviously on the day itself uh, in terms of the, 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 the repression against the voters and, and then subsequently uh, against political prisoners and so forth. Um, you know, what other kind of repression have we seen in Catalonia and, and, and does it extend beyond Catalonia? Yes, uh, most people know about the, those high-level le high instances of repression against the ministers and the civil society leaders and so on. But uh, what is less uh, what, what, what is less well known is that um, there was a lot of sort of low-level rank-and-file repression to Im intimidate activists, targeting in particular the committees for the defense of the republic, with lots of people being arrested, being sent to Madrid to be tried in. In, special, um, in the special constitutional court. Um, and not only of activists involved in the committees for the defense of the republic and so on, but even uh, artists and, and intellectuals and, and writers and things like that, they, they've been uh, intimidated, arrested, fined, Can censored. Can you give some examples? Like what, what kind of uh, you know, acts are people being accused of? What have they done to supposedly justify this kind of repression? Well, I think the most scandal, scandalous instance we, we saw was of one local activist involved in a committee for the defense of the, of the republic uh, who, who had been involved in the movement from the, from the beginning. Uh, she was arrested, sent to Madrid, tried on, uh, she was accused of terrorism actually, but the only thing she, they could find against her was, were some screenshots of, uh, of uh, a police station in Barcelona where, where lots of protests happened. It's actually a, a very frequent place for, for, for political rallies and so on. Uh, some some masks and some whistles. I th that was that was it basically. That, that was the that was the basis for the accusation of uh, of uh, terrorism, and in the end, actually, the scandal was was such that they had to let her go. 
but uh, you can see that it's really a, 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 an environment of intimidation against uh, anyone, and it's really indiscriminate as well. That's that's the word. Also, we've seen it's been very, very, uh, very prominent as well. There's the question of the rappers uh, who've been uh, accused of uh, of extolling uh, terrorism and of uh, and of uh, insults against the the crown. Uh, there are two rappers in particular, one in Catalonia, another in Mallorca, which is a Catalan-speaking region where the national question is also very much alive. Pablo Hassel and Baltonic, they've been sentenced, I think, to five or, and seven years, respectively, uh, on ridiculous accusations. Basically, it's, it's overt uh, censorship for the left-wing lyrics and, and, republic, uh, and for the, the republicanism as well. And Baltonic actually fled to, to Belgium and went into exile. We've seen quite a lot of activists who've uh, fled abroad to other European countries, such as the, the environment. And, of course, the objective of this was to generate a feeling of intimidation, fear, demoralization, uh, and especially to break the back of the committees for the defense of the Republic, which the Spanish state rightly saw as the, as the spearhead of, the, of, the, of this uh, insurrectionary movement. So, yeah, you've had this mood of repression, this, um, this you know, very repressive uh, situation for, for activists, not just in Catalonia, but elsewhere. Um, and that seems to be, you know, combined with um, a, a very reactionary kind of leaning on Spanish nationalism and uh, on the monarchy and the, the, the kind of the constitution and all of these uh, very uh, backward uh, traditions and structures and institutions. But then fast forward a few months more, and it seems like the, the tables have turned once again. And, and in Spain, you know, not just in Catalonia, but now across Spain, seems to be movements taking place of the pensioners, a big, massive strike, in fact, on, uh, on International Women's Day across the whole of Spain. Um, you've just had the fall of Rajoy, the, the, the very reactionary kind of uh, PP, uh, the, 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 the Spanish Tories, basically, the, the leader of the Spanish Tories, effectively forced to resign. Um, you know, how, how has this kind of rapid change taken place from this deep mood of reactionary kind of nationalism and, and, and backwardness how, to, to one where it seems like radicalization is taking place once again, and not just in Catalonia now, but across the whole of Spain? Yes, as you, as you say, the Spanish state uh, used uh, the, the Catalan question to whip up nationalist hysteria outside uh, Catalonia. Um, <clears throat> And, uh, and as you mentioned, actually, uh, they used this, uh, this mood that was created to, to attack the Spanish left as well. This is something we warned about, especially we, we warned those who were not supporting the Catalan uh, insurrectionary movement about this, that, uh, that if they did not uh, support them and fight with them and take this movement as an opportunity to overthrow the 1978 regime, they would be targeted as well, even if they tried to stay clear of this. And this is effectively what happened with many activists also being repressed and censored across the country, <clears throat> and in the, but indeed this, uh, as we as we also said, this mood of uh, of reaction was uh, superficial. Many on the left had a, an impressionistic approach, and they and they, they said that this was a long period of, of counter revolution that had begun, but uh, this was not really the case. It was quite a, a superficial mood. Uh, in order for the masses, even the I mean the the, the backward layers of the working class and so on to develop a, a genuine and a, and a, and a deep-rooted um, loyalty and, and, uh, and affiliation to the, to the state and to the ruling class. You need to have a material basis. You need to have certain concessions, a, 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 a situation of growth 
where the state can give something to the to the masses in exchange for the loyalty and for the political support and ideolo ideological uh, commitment. And this was really absent in Spain. You, you still had extremely high unemployment, precariousness, whatever jobs were being created were of extremely low quality. This affected the youth above all, but also social groups who were traditionally conservative, like the pensioners having their pensions uh, slashed. This was not really the material basis for a, for a, for a long-term uh, reactionary uh, period. And this is really what happened very quickly uh, in March. This uh, mood was, uh, was evaporated in, 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 uh, in the matter of days. You have the mass movement of the pensioners with hundreds of thousands taking to the streets, demonstrating against the government. And again, bear in mind that this is, a, this is basically the social basis of the, of the conservatives in Spain, people who are over 60 or 65 years of age, especially in rural areas. <clears throat> and they mobilized against the government massively to protest against uh, pension cuts. And then you also had the, the massive strike on, on, the, on International Women's Day, uh, where uh, over 5 million people took uh, strike action. And really, I think the masses, and especially the youth, took this opportunity, this strike that was called to protest against the oppression of women on that day, as an opportunity to, ex to express themselves and to protest against this reactionary mood that really did not represent them. Uh, and this is effectively what happened. In Madrid, which obviously was the, the bulwark of this reactionary mood, you had uh, the, uh, demonstrators on that day, on the day of the strike, uh, going on, on scaffolding on buildings where, where massive Spanish flags were hanging and... and taking them down. Uh, that was the mood on that day. Uh, and then the working, and this was a, obviously a, a, an overwhelmingly working class uh, mobilization. And uh, this mass intervention of the workers really cut across this reactionary mood, which we can safely say now that it, it's, uh, it's evaporated. Of course, there's a, still the more reactionary layers in society, which are radicalizing to the right. But this is a, a minority of the, of the, of the population. So the culmination of all these movements over the last few months has been the fall of Rajoy, uh, as we discussed earlier, and coming to power now of, of Sanchez and his socialist party. Um, is that going to fundamentally change anything, uh, both in terms of across Spain in general and, and in particular in terms of the Catalan question? Yes, as, as you said, uh, Rajoy was brought down by, by the PSOE in, uh, in June. And uh, Sánchez, the leader of the socialists, always had the numbers uh, to do so since the, since the um, elections in 2016. But uh, in the past, he took advantage of this mood of pessimism, this uh, reactionary mood, particularly uh, after the, the, the Catalan events began to, um, to kick off, uh, to, uh, to basically keep, maintain uh, Rajoy in, uh, in, in power. But uh, after the, the mass movements in, of, of, of the women and of the pensioners uh, in the spring, that was no longer possible. There was a new, uh, new atmosphere in society, much more, much more uh, combative. And he was forced basically to bring down uh, Rajoy. Uh, and now there's a, a, a socialist uh, government, which, um, <clears throat> which uh, will, has promised uh, quite a lot. There are, there are lots of uh, illusions we could probably call this a, a, a honeymoon uh, period, um, but uh, but in reality he doesn't really have the, the elbow room to, uh, to to grant any any significant concessions. Economically, 
his promise to tackle the question of precariousness and, and cuts and the question of the pensions as well, which is of course a very heated topic. But really there's no space for him to do that. Um, actually, just today, uh, the government has announced cuts uh, worth uh, 11 billion uh, euros uh, under pressure of the, of, the, of the EU, of course. But Spain still has a very shaky economy. Uh, the debt is extremely high. Public debt has, has, uh, is now, uh, now stands at over 100% of the GDP. At the beginning of the crisis, if I remember correctly, it was around 40%. Uh, the deficit uh, last year was of over 3%, which is well over the, 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 the limit set by the, by the EU. So they're forced to carry out cuts. They don't really have the space to grant significant concessions, uh, which will in turn generate a feeling of a mood of, of, uh, of resistance and of um, and the, the working class and the youth will raise their demands, they will mobilize, they will, they will gradually become aware of the limits of, of reformism and they think these illusions will be quickly dispelled. But then there are also limitations on the political front which is an important question in a country like, like Spain, where the state apparatus was directly inherited from the, from the Franco regime. Sanchez has promised certain concessions to the, to the Catalans, as long as, uh, as the question of self-determination is not uh, discussed, which again, is a, as I said, is a no-go for the, for the Spanish ruling class. But his promise, for instance, to, to discuss the question of the political prisoners, uh, in an act of good faith, he's moved uh, the, this uh, nine high-level high Catalan political prisoners from jails in Madrid to jails uh, in Catalonia. Uh, but in reality, he, he doesn't have much elbow room here either. Of course, I mean, as he said, he won't discuss self-determination, but most importantly, even when it comes to things like the, like the political prisoners, uh, he, he doesn't have control over the Spanish judiciary, which is extremely reactionary, which is hostile to the, to the PSOE, however moderate they may be. Uh, and they're going to uh, to, to put uh, obstacles uh, at every at every step. Um, so we'll see the, the political and the economic limitations of this. And in turn, as I said, this will stimulate new uh, movements on a higher level, both uh, over, around economic uh, demands and also political demands. And this obviously will have a, 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 a will have important consequences in Catalonia as well, where many people now are reflecting on, on the events of last uh, autumn. Uh, and are thinking also about the question of leadership and the role played by the by the bourgeois and petty bourgeois nationalists who are at the head of this movement. So yeah, you've explained the limits of those leaders, the the bourgeois and petty bourgeois nationalist leaders in Catalonia. You've explained the limits of Sanchez uh, and and the the, the, the reformist uh, social democracies. Um, so what really what is the way forwards for the people in Catalonia, uh, and how can this be linked? to the struggle across the rest of Spain against all those other things you've talked about, against the austerity, against the uh, political repression uh, and, and against all these other demands that workers and youth have? Well, we've always explained that, uh, that, the, ta the, the, um, that the right to self-determination in Spain is a revolutionary task because it implies uh, a, a clash with a powerful imperialist uh, state apparatus uh, and with the, the, the capitalist system on which it, uh, it stands. Uh, and it cannot be uh, carried out by a reformist petty or petty bourgeois leadership. And, and this is no longer a hypothesis. Initially, when we rose these demands in the CDRs, in the movement, some people were skeptical. But now it's no longer a hypothesis, it's no longer an idea, but it's quite tangible to, to people. 
uh, also and, and consequently what we need is a revolutionary leadership for the for the movement for self-determination not only because of the of the need to struggle in a revolutionary way against the the reactionary and, and mighty Spanish state but also because to wage the struggle successfully you need to enthuse the mass of the of the working class which it has to be said in Catalonia an important sector of the of the working class uh, was not in favor of uh, of independence and was not in favor of self-determination because m largely because of the leadership of the movement these petty bourgeois politicians who were involved in corruption scandals who have carried out austerity measures in the past they could not enthuse uh, working-class people, especially those who, who have a Spanish national identity, who speak Spanish as their first uh, language. The only way to mobilize these people in defense of the right to self-determination is to link this struggle with a, a struggle against austerity, against cuts for social rights, against uh, capitalism, in, in short. Uh, and again, for this, what you need is a revolutionary leadership. Um, so this is what has to be built. Uh, and I think in this respect the coup, the, the far left of the pro-independence movement is, is called to play an important uh, role but so far they, they've hesitated they have not been clear in the, in the way they've put forward the, their alternative they, they've tail-ended the petty bourgeois politicians uh, so, so I think the, their line and their program has to, has to change and they need to adopt a, a, a policy of class independence and of internationalism as well, appeal to the Catalan Spanish-speaking workers on on uh, on a on a socialist uh, basis on a on a cla on class based lines and not on questions of identity of nationalism which cut no ice among them and also to establish an alliance with the workers and and the youth of the rest of Spain this is the key question as i said there's a lot of ferment across uh, the country and this reactionary mood was 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 completely superficial and the task is to is to build a, an alliance between the workers uh, and youth of across uh, Spain and the movement for self determination in in Catalonia, uh, so this is what this is what what needs uh, to to be done. It's the question of of the of the leadership, um, and uh, and I think the, the the task now indeed is is for the coup to 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 do this and to to go to Spain to explain the position and to build a closer connections with the movements across the country. And this would would send a, a message both to the to the Catalan workers who do not support independence. That the that the pro-independence left is uh, is internationalist is not uh, is not does not does not uh, embrace uh, narrow nationalism, and also to the workers of the rest of Spain who who would see the, this this movement in Catalonia as their natural ally and and uh, and uh, and uh, as yes yeah, as, as their as their comrades in a joint struggle against the 1978 regime. Thanks very much, Arturo, for joining us today to discuss the events in Spain and Catalonia, and thanks to everyone at home for listening in. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, then subscribe on SoundCloud or Apple iTunes or Stitcher or any major podcast provider for future episodes. Follow us on YouTube for videos, and of course, check out socialist.net for all the latest news and analysis. See you next time. Thanks. Bye. for tuning in to IMTV Radio. Subscribe or download the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or visit www.socialist.net for all the latest news, analysis and Marxist ideas.